Summer makes an encore appearance right at the start of the potential snow season. This is way over our heads. A weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? Uh, we're doing. I'm doing well. You know what, Jim? <laughs> we're getting real good at taking things that happen every year in Minnesota and making them sound special. Yes, isn't that something? Uh, yeah, is that is it, sensationalizing? I or? think it's just your natural <laughs> talent. I'll throw. I mean, I, maybe we both have collective it, talent. Yeah, it's our collective, collective talent. talent. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good weekend, Jim. You know, Kenny, it was great, and um, today was really enjoyable. I mean. It does not feel like September 15th. It feels yep. like a June, late June, summery right. day yeah. with a lot of humidity. Was that my imagination? It seemed a little sticky. I think you're right. You know, that last air mass to come through didn't really wash all the way out. And so we started kind of warming up a little bit and then some humidity kicking in there. And you're right. I mean, it, it's not like we've never had this in mid-September. Right. But uh, it's a real nice turnaround. And, you know, we've been chilly for the first couple weeks of this month. So it's kind of nice to have a turnaround like this. I think those who really want summer to have a, a long Minnesota goodbye are going to like the next week, week and a half, maybe even the rest of the month. Ah, it's that's good to good. hear. Yeah. I'm excited because I am one of those people. Yeah. So this is great. So, okay, we're seeing dew points climbing again to uh, to readings that typically we don't see this time of the year. Is this because we've had so much moisture that the plants are still doing their uh, evapotranspiration thing and yep. kind of juicing up the atmosphere a little bit? This is going to be their last gasp. They okay. really don't get to do that much more. Once you get to the end of the month, game over. Okay. Now, it's, it's helpful to remember that our primary source of moisture is definitely the ocean. That's where we get most of our moisture from. But in the summer, uh, we certainly get a boost, and it's a little bit hard to quantify, but we certainly get a boost from corn, from trees, from all this grasses, everything that's growing and is going through that evapotranspiration and transmitting moisture back into the atmosphere. From a dew point standpoint, it's hard, it's hard to know because there's slightly different reactions, but you might see a bump of 10 or 15 degrees in the dew point just from having all that crop moisture, plant moisture, and evapotranspiration in the region. Um, but once you get to you know, the end of September, the, the things that are driving evapotranspiration, sunlight, sunlight's the number one driver. And once, once it kind of turns the corner after the fall equinox, which is about a week away, right. uh, game over. Well, and we're down to like 12 hours yeah, and 33 minutes yeah. of daylight. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, sun the, the plants isn't out there start shutting down. And you know, well, there was a really interesting, I know we've talked about this in other, other podcasts way back at the beginning of when we started this last October. Uh, there's often a, a kind of a spectacular late summer, early fall season, right around the end of September and early, early October. And uh, former University of Minnesota the late Don Baker, University of Minnesota professor in uh, soil and water and climate, had tied that really nice week to the end of the evapotranspiration season, which effectively shuts down, for the most part, our heavy rainfall season. So you end up getting that kind of crisp stuff. But we're not there yet. I think we're talking about muggy, if not tropical, dew points uh, for parts of the next week. Okay, well, let's talk about that, Kenny. So today we reached a milestone. We should mention today we're recording on September 15th. We're at the Town Hall Tavern in Lanes in South Minneapolis. And today 
marked the first time in the Twin Cities that we've reached 80 degrees since, drum roll, August 20th. We made an entire state fair without hitting a high of 80 or above. That's got to be somewhat unusual. Yeah, I mean, and what would have been really remarkable is if we didn't have another 80 after that. I mean, now that we've had this resurgence and it looks like we're going to have a couple more at least days making a good run at the 80s, um, you know, now it's just turned into another, it's another normal fall. I mean, uh, last year we did it in 2017, we had 90s into the, you know, early, in the late teens and early 20s of September. So, and it was a, it was a heat wave. So it's, it's, you know, unusual to get the moisture this late. And, but what was more unusual is how much late summer just didn't produce heat at all. It really didn't. It's just a cool late summer. It just, just about just about took us out of the game, so. <laughs> well, we should mention before we talk about the coming week, what we saw last week. Oh, and yeah. uh, Kenny, you called it, we had a ton of rain, and then another severe weather outbreak with three tornadoes in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area. Yeah, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna just thank you for saying I called it. Uh, it's hard to take credit for that or even to call it correct because I have to say, the forecasters, I think we were all expecting something a little bit bigger. And this is, you know, we're sort of used to this too. This weather system comes over the horizon and it just looks bigger than it ends up being. And the thing that really kind of weakened the overall performance of this for most of us, and we're gonna put an asterisk there, Jim, was that, you know, there was this sort of round one that was supposed to happen. Uh, and, you know, forgive us for not remembering all the days and dates. Right. But this would have been last Monday, where there was a separate system that was supposed to come out and produce. I mean, when I say supposed to, we saw it had a lot of life in the models. A lot of the models producing very heavy precipitation over much of Minnesota. And this looked to be a potential bonus round, sort of pre, pre-game bonus round, giving up to an inch or an inch a half of precipitation. And instead, if you remember Monday... It was chilly. It was kind of drizzly. There was some light rain. Yes. There's some thunderstorms that kind of died before they made it over much of the state. And we didn't see those big rainfall amounts. So then when we got into the main event, which was really Tuesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday, and then again Thursday evening, uh, that all was kind of set back a little bit because that pre-round never really primed it. So we were kind of thinking we were going to see widespread three to five inch rains across across Minnesota uh, over that over that week and instead we got widespread two to three inch rains but I do want to should mention the Pipestone area got hit very hard they had close to 10 inches of rain over that period and you're right Sioux Falls wow I mean anybody who saw the uh, the pictures this was again another unusual I would say not textbook tornado outbreak. Nocturnal tornadoes. Nocturnal. Okay, so we could just we could just tick through the things that were not typical about this. They were nocturnal, so these were well after dark. Several, three three hours after it was actually dark in the Sioux Falls area, three tornadoes. None of them had a path length over one mile, and they did, were not associated with the traditional hook echo or that sort of supercell structure that you see on radar. And in fact, they were associated with these curls, basically, or eddies that form on the front end of very strong wind-producing thunderstorms. So just kind of 
different in every way from the tornadoes that we all learned about. We're not even sure if these would have been uh, visible with a sort of traditional condensation funnel. All we know is there was violent wind that was rotating in a counterclockwise manner at the ground. Now we hear the term gust NATO. Is that what we're talking about or is this something different? Well, I think that there's there's be there's gonna need to be a redefinition of some of these tornado terms. But right now the what the weather service tends to call these is QLCS tornadoes. Quasi-linear convective system tornadoes. And these are again we've seen them produce a lot of damage. Uh, it's very similar to what we had in Hennepin County in the Mound Minatrista area the week before on Labor Day. Uh, they're just, they're, they're not necessarily, they might be related to what we used to call gust natos. It's just that I think we weren't seeing gust natos produce the kind of damage that we're seeing with these quasi-linear convective system tornadoes right now. And so uh, the, the, these this newer class of non-supercell tornado just it needs a little more scrutiny because we're certainly detecting them more and we're certainly confirming damage with them more and they're probably broadly related to these things that we used to call gust natos which are just whirls that develop on the front end of gusty winds ahead of thunderstorms but um, with maybe one difference being that these this newer breed of tornadoes tends to be in the storm itself as opposed to right out ahead of it but uh, quite unusual, and the damage, the damage was tremendous. I mean, if you saw the, you know, auto body shop, hospital complex, lots of property damage. So we're yes. not just talking about secondary damage from trees hitting buildings, but primary property, structural damage from this tornado type creature, putting gashes in roofs and throwing debris all over the place. I right mean, in an urban area in too. An urban this area. was not the. Uh, Suburban part of yeah. uh, Sioux Falls. This so, was the city itself. So this same storm, this was on Tuesday night, the same storm had been producing 70 and 80 mile an hour straight line winds. And the only real difference was these, these winds got a bit of a boost when they took on that rotational nature. The, the weather service radar was actually able to confirm these tornadoes through the debris signature again. And, uh, and the, the winds were estimated closer to 120 and 130 miles an hour. And it was, it was an intense damage. It was the same complex of storms that kind of trudged its way east-northeast and gave us, in the Twin Cities, that was sort of our first round of several rounds of thunderstorms over the next few days. Um, that was late Tuesday night and really Wednesday morning in much of Minnesota where we got our first, you know, inch or so of rain. And then we just, we got another round the next night that actually took a similar path and, and its remnants kind of crept into the Twin Cities and then more big boomers uh, in southeastern Minnesota on that would be uh, Thursday afternoon to kind of end it all out. And uh, by Thursday afternoon, Austin had received over five inches of rain in some areas. The Pipestone, uh, Slayton, Avoca, uh, Edgerton area had also received uh, close to 10 inches of rain. And those were kind of the big precipitation bullseyes from the Twin Cities on west up into the Minnesota, the kind of middle Minnesota River Valley. Two to three inches of rain were pretty common. He had some pockets of more, uh, more like one to two inches over central and northern Minnesota. It was a good soaker. And you know, northern Minnesota has been in or near drought type conditions, sort of in that abnormally dry situation on the drought monitor. So these rains have actually helped them uh, even though they've gotten a bit less than, than the rest of us. So Kenny, do you think this was Severe Weather's swan song for 2019? I don't. Okay. I don't. All right. Um, 
you know what we've learned over the last few years especially, and we already knew this, but really you can't trust any warm and unstable air mass in the fall. And, and the reason is, you know, in the summertime when you have a warm, unstable air mass, and we're just talking about warm and humid with colder air aloft, so you can you have the ingredients so that the warm, moist air at the surface gets buoyant, it starts to rise, and it eventually cools and condenses and produces these thunderstorms. In the summertime, you get those, and the winds aloft are pretty light because it's summer and everything's sort of sleepy. The patterns are slow moving. But in the fall, things are highly energetic as that cold air from the north is starting to replace the warmer air to its south, as basically as winter replaces summer. And as a result, you've got stronger temperature contrasts, and therefore the jet stream and the winds aloft tend to be more energized. So whenever we get warm and humid air in the fall, and you tend to have strong winds aloft, and that's a nasty combination. That's pretty good ingredients for more severe weather. So we're looking at temperatures in the 80s in Minnesota this week, Jim, with dew points into the 60s and maybe even the 70s on Monday and Tuesday. And then we get a little bit of a reprieve, but a return to some of it at the end of the week and over the weekend. Both of these situations could lead to severe weather and heavy rain in Minnesota. Um, you know, that would be, I guess, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then uh, and then again over the next weekend. So, no, I don't think we're done just yet, but pretty soon, pretty soon, severe weather will hang up its uniform uh, for the season. It usually happens at the end of, sometime around now, between the middle and end of September, if not earlier, but this year it's hanging on. The heavy rainfall potential usually sticks in there until, eh, until early mid-October, and then you kind of start kissing that one goodbye too. It just becomes too hard to get, you know, three, four, five inches of rain uh, with fall air masses in place. But no, I would, I wouldn't, not, I would not, I would not write it off okay. yet. Okay, all right. <laughs> so even though today is the beginning of the potential snow season, safe to say, Kenny, it's unlikely we'll see any snow until what? Later September at yeah. the earliest, or uh, interestingly, so we are getting this warm air mass. So just to kind of orient people, it was warm on Sunday, September fifteenth. Monday looks warm also statewide. Tuesday looks warm and humid, but you start to get the cold front coming in. You get some thunderstorms. Could be very strong thunderstorms with heavy rain, especially central and northern Minnesota. And then maybe in eastern Minnesota, a, a, a little bit of remnant activity on Wednesday but cooler air comes in. It's not clear how cold we're gonna get between Wednesday and Friday. It had looked a little bit toothier. Now it looks a little bit weaker, but, um, but uh, the next cold front coming through, if it actually comes through, there have been on some of the models suggestions that before the month ends, you get some snow, light snow, mixing in with rain, parts of Northern Minnesota. Now, there have also been some suggestions on the models that the cold air isn't really that cold and the warm air just bounces back. So we've seen it kind of both ways, and this is why we say it's really hard to make forecasts out beyond six, seven, eight, day, eight days. You can look at what the different models are saying, but they, you know, you get a lot of variations. So we've got one scenario, cold enough for snow, and you've got another scenario where, you know, summer hangs on right through the end of the month, even though it's a little bit weaker each time. So. I guess it's up to you, Jim. What is it that you would like to see? I would like to see summer continue as long as possible. I am thoroughly enjoying 80 plus degree days. Bring it. Yeah, I think, I, so having spoken with some farmers over the last week, 
actually three different in my other professional life three different kind of talk teach learn sessions with some agricultural groups and uh, I would say what I learned was well and we kind of knew this with the late with the late planting that happened because of the wet spring uh, farmers don't want to see an early frost we knew that but what I learned is most of them would really like that first frost that deep especially the killing frost to hang on until mid to late October now I have to bring the bad news to people that that's a really tall order uh, late October frost is a tall tall order out in rural Minnesota but but it, you know that's not to say it's impossible but I know from the standpoint of people who are growing things on the land uh, you want to you want to get a good harvest in and so the, the the warm and sunny conditions are good allows them to dry out lets things grow and maybe mature finally and uh, and the, the cool and wet conditions are not good and having an early frost could be devastating so so there's a lot of reasons to hope that summer hangs on for a while yet well since we're talking about frost and snow what do you think about the Farmer's Almanac predicting a very cold, snowy oh, winter for us? The parade of snowstorms? Yes, storms? yes, the parade of snowstorms. Honestly, it's a bunch of baloney. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, you know, I know a lot of people trust the Farmer's Almanac and they give you nice tips and tricks about things that you can do in your garden. and Right. And they've got all kinds of lore in there. But seasonal weather forecasts are hard for people with multiple degrees in atmospheric science. And they're hard for everyone. Nobody's ever done it right. And and so it's if it's hard for the best scientists in the country and in the world, it's going to be hard for people who don't have those same credentials, right, right. which includes whomever <laughs> the Farmer's Almanac contracts. Do they even say who that is? It's not a consulting uh, service, or is it? I don't or? know if it's okay. a secret, but their, right. their methodology is. Yeah. And it's that kind of black box forecasting. I can't take it seriously. And, right. you know, I... I understand that a lot of people say, well, but it was right this one time. <laughs> True, it was. Right. And, you know, when you make a bunch of guesses, week-by-week week forecasts for the next year, you're bound to get a couple of them right. Exactly. And, of course, people will notice that. But they get an awful lot of it wrong, and they give very vague seasonal forecasts. So I would say don't take it too seriously. Have fun with it. Their, their parade of snowstorms, which is what it's our winter outlook from the Farmer's Almanac was Parade of Snowstorms. <laughs> what on earth does that mean? And their summer forecast for next year was sizzle and drizzle. <laughs> Give me a break. So, you know, go ahead, buy it, enjoy it, but I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be betting the farm on it. So in other words, the Farmer's Almanac, in your view, is right up there with Puxitani Phil in terms of reliability. The, the, the groundhog might be better. <laughs> Well, Kenny, once again, let's take a quick look at the week ahead. Yes, so we are going to start out warm. Kind of a, kind of a, a, a summer rewind. And um, so Monday, Tuesday, especially, you might, you might actually see a 90-degree reading in southwestern or western Minnesota. But We're behind are, on those this year, too, aren't we? Are aren't we are way behind yes. on those. We're about running 25 to 50% of normal. So instead of having 10 to 15 in southern Minnesota and three to ten 90 degree days in northern Minnesota we're you know we're really at one to five across the state it's not been a hot summer uh, so we got a couple warm humid days Monday Tuesday it breaks Tuesday afternoon and evening and into Wednesday 
with some heavy thunderstorms, possibly severe, and some heavy rain, especially in central and northern Minnesota. And then we don't really cool down all that much. We're looking at just dropping back into the 70s, maybe 60s in northern Minnesota, and then warming back up again uh, at the end of the week and over the weekend. And we kind of do it again, maybe with a little less moisture. But two pretty potent weather systems coming by uh, the middle of this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and again at the end of the week that could produce heavy rain, severe thunderstorms, and, uh, you know, more meteorological excitement. I can't, doesn't have that signature of producing two, three, four inches of rain that the last system had. But, uh, you know, it does, it does look like we are going to see some heavy rain and probably some strong thunderstorms. So enjoy the summer encore, but keep an eye out for possible severe weather. Correct. Kenny, always great talking to you. This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, have a fantastic week. You also, Jim. Thank you very much.